0: And Welcome to Melden Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Melden Law, a law firm based in Gainesville, Florida, where Jeffrey Meldon has been practicing for 50 years, also with offices in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County area from Miami-Dade through Broward County all the way up through Palm Beach County, and also where we've been for 43 years in Marion County, right in the heart of downtown Ocala. My name is Chris Qualman. I am one of the hosts of this show, and I'm very proud to be joined by my good friend partner in the law firm Carrie Meldon. How are you doing, Carrie?
1: I'm doing great today, Chris.
0: Well, me too. You know, even despite the the rain out there, you know, I think it's it's a great day. It's been a great week for the for the firm, and we want to remind everybody that, as usual, we've got not only a great first guest, we have terrific guests on the second half of the show. So if you're watching, we want you to watch the whole show because, You'll miss out. At any rate, I want to first introduce and welcome to the show Dr. Michael Oken. Did I said that right? You did. A professor but... of neurology, and I know, Kerry, you've done a lot of uh, studying on the wonderful work Dr. Oken has done, so I'll let you talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, actually, I was uh, in my Fort Lauderdale office. Uh, Melden Law has offices in Gainesville, Ocala, which we opened uh, two weeks ago to... With a wonderful celebration sure that, was. that uh, a lot of the dignitaries of Ocala were able to attend, as well as the head ball coach Steve Spurrier himself. <laughs> and we also uh, have our office in Fort Lauderdale, and I uh, am stationed uh, down in South Florida. Although since uh, January, I've been traveling back and forth you to sure Gainesville for once a week, so I'm a traveling uh, lawyer. But uh, I get the great opportunity to listen to um, podcasts and books during that five-hour drive, and uh, yesterday, I was able uh, to listen to an incredible book that was uh, written by Dr. Oaken, which I'd like to talk about as well as his uh, subsequent studies. But uh, I can tell you uh, we have an all-star uh, in our midst today. And this is uh, actually, and I say that sincerely, uh, if you've ever uh, wondered anything uh, about how Parkinson's disease is diagnosed, how it's treated, uh, and, some tr- and some tips on how to manage it, uh, I highly recommend that you uh, look up Dr. Oken because uh, from uh, what I heard, uh, the, uh, the advances in Parkinson's disease treatment in the last quarter century has been uh, night and day. And so uh, without further ado, uh, Dr. Oaken, uh, tell you. us a little bit about yourself. When, I, I know that you went to UF undergrad. Uh-huh. You, got, you had your residency in neurology as well as internal medicine. That's right. And then you spent a couple of years in Emory uh, University in Atlanta as well. That's right. But you're a Gator. That's right. So tell, tell us about how you first came to Gainesville. Sure.
2: Yeah. So, um, well, you know, I originally came to Gainesville from medical school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to be a teacher, so I wanted to be a history teacher. And, um, and, you know, it, it turns out that, um, that teaching is important. It's important in medicine, too. We take the Hippocratic Oath. You know, doctors really means teacher. And, um, you know, at some point, you've got to get a job. And so, you know, my dad said, you know, you're a Jewish kid, so you've got to be a doctor <laughs> or a lawyer or an accountant, you know. Right. so So I thought, you know, what could I do that might help people? Because I, I like service. I like teaching. I like to, to help people. And so I decided to go to medical school became super interested in the brain, although I probably couldn't have told you the difference between a neurologist and a neurosurgeon mm-hmm. when I started. But um, but it's been a great journey, and it's been an opportunity to help people both in diagnosing and treating and developing care models and systems all over the world, but also in, um, in research. And so we have a, a large research uh, laboratory that does a lot of work.
1: And uh, tell us how you first got Focused in on neurological disorders, specifically uh, Parkinson's disease, because I know that there's a uh, there's a few different neurological disorders that can be uh, confused confusing for uh, civilians like myself. You know, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, Parkinson's disease. Sometimes people who suffer from strokes. Yeah. And you're you're um, one of the, if not the foremost authority on Parkinson's disease, uh, right up there in the world.
2: Well, um, I appreciate that. I I I. I don't know if I can live up to the expectation, but I can tell you that, you know, when we think about the different disorders, you know, Parkinson is one that affects so many people, and, you know, Ray Dorsey and I were writing about this um, recently for another book, and he was in a men's health group, and he, you know, he asked this question, and we've all done this before, where if you go into a room and you ask this question, you say, you know, anybody in the room that either you know has a relative with Parkinson, has Parkinson themselves, or ha- has a friend with Parkinson, raise your hand, and everybody in the room raises their hand. And this is not a Parkinson meeting. Wow. So this is just like a men's health meeting. And so the reach of these diseases, so degenerative diseases, they have the potential to overtake us and overwhelm us. And so people are talking about Medicare and people are talking about how we're gonna pay for healthcare, how we're we gonna take care of the next generation. But as people live longer, these diseases become more relevant. And for me, you know, in choosing what I wanted to do, I was always very fascinated with why people move in certain mm-hmm. ways. So why you walk in a certain way, if you have a tremor, if you're shaking, if your eyes are, you know, shutting uncontrollably. I always thought to myself, why is that? Even before I wanted Mm -hmm. to go to medical school, I just thought, why? Mm -hmm. And so for me as a scientist, it's a question of how the brain works and why we see these things. Why do we get memory loss? Why are we shaking? What is going on in the brain? Mm -hmm. And so our laboratory has looked at that. And so I've, I've had this great chance to listen to cells in the brain, human cells, animal cells, other things, study circuits, but then also go back and treat people that are affected by the diseases and see if we can do something to, to actually help you know, people. And so trying to make that bridge has been kind of how I got into things.
0: I want to remind everybody who's watching this on Facebook Live that we do take live questions. So if you have a, a question for Dr. Oken, uh, this is a, an amazing subject on which, like Kerry said, he truly is one of, the, one of the foremost authorities in the world. By all means, just type your question into the comments section on Facebook Live and uh, we'll answer it right here on the spot. We already got one question. The question is for the doctor, tell us more about what you are doing to find a cure for dystonia as well.
2: Yeah, so dystonia for people that are watching, this is also a disorder um, of the brain like Parkinson and it is one where the different islands inside. So if you imagine inside the brain, there are all sorts of different islands and those islands are are having a conversation with each other. And if if that conversation is abnormal in one way, you might get tremor and Parkinson. If it's abnormal in another way, you may get dystonia. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, people know about Parkinson. They have the tremors. Well, what about dystonia? Well, dystonia is when your muscles fight against each other. And Mm -hmm. so that means that in order for you to make a movement, or maybe you're trying to curl something, you know, in the gym, um, haven't been there in a while, I must admit, (laughs) but um, but if you're trying to curl something, you have to contract one muscle, maybe your bicep, and you have to relax your tricep. And that has to happen in sequence. We all take that for granted. When that doesn't happen, right? When it doesn't happen in sequence, you get into all of these abnormal positions, any part of your body, including your voice box. And so we see this disorder. It can be part of Parkinson's, but it can also be on its own. And there is a, um, a great organization that was founded here, actually, in Gainesville by the Stop family sure. called Tyler's Hope for a Distonia yeah, We actually cure. had them on
0: the show a couple of months ago. So yeah.
2: so this is a great group, and we all know uh, from our association with them, we made Gainesville kind of the capital of dystonia. So people come from all over to be seen, but we have a great research effort that extends beyond this community. So we raise millions of dollars to try to get to the cure for dystonia. So just getting back at that question, what are we doing? Well, we know that there is an abnormality in the DNA. So there's a couple of little bases, GAG. It's not important to remember that, but they just kind of get left out of your of your genetic sequence. That's what causes a lot of the dystonia. And so we've got a whole bunch of projects to try to attack You know what we can do both from drugs both from surgeries Mm -hmm. and also could we develop something that are going to help these kids and adults to lead better lives and so it is an exciting initiative
1: and it's incredible you know one of the things about tyler's hope that i think uh, i saw in your book it's a theme is is the theme of hope i mean within the first uh, few chapters of uh of your book i kept hearing the word hope 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 and uh i realized you know, a lot of people when they hear the word Parkinson's or dystonia, they probably think devastating. I know that yeah. that's the over, overwhelming response sure. uh, to that type of diagnosis, but uh, the book was so uplifting and there were so, ma- so many different uh, theories that you're exploring uh, during your research and, and not only theoretically but also practically. Uh, you want to discuss uh, maybe a few things that you're doing with regards to th- Dystonia, and then um, sure. How well, it relates?
2: Well, first, you know, uh, you know I just want to say that it it's, can be so devastating for people oh, to sure. get a diagnosis. And from the right? family, obviously, right. as well. So if you hear four words, you have Parkinson or you it's have dystonia, changed. your whole life has changed. And, you know, we spend a lot of time in science, but we often don't think of the people that are actually mm. suffering from the disorders. And so we now try our best to better understand that conversation because it turns out with Parkinson, as you you mentioned at the beginning, there are so many things we can do. And people have thought that when they're diagnosed with Parkinson or with dystonia, that this is the end of the road. And in fact, it could be the beginning of a beautiful road. And in fact, some people that we see, and we see people from all over the world, you know, some people with Parkinson after they get the diagnosis and they get the right treatment and the right plan, they focus their lives and they lead a better life, Mm -hmm. right? They lead a better life. So there is a path to healing and there is a path to doing better. Now, it's not perfect. Obviously, we, nobody wants a diagnosis like this, but it's not the same as Alzheimer's. It's not the same as having a cancer that it might take your life. There are so many good options. Mm-hmm. And I have folks in the practice that we've followed for 20, 30, 40 years. And so this idea that, um, that medical science hasn't gotten there, well, we have, we, we're, we're so, there why? to help a lot of people. And, obviously, there are different subtypes and some progress faster and slower, but this idea that we can't put together teams and models to care for people, it's, it's just, we just have to reverse that kind of thinking. And we don't want to give false hope, mm-hmm. but we certainly want to make sure people are exposed to the things that science has already sure. brought that we know that can help folks.
0: Ab- absolutely. So we have another question. The question is, and we've only got about two minutes, so we might want to just start on this one and uh, pick up after the break. But the question from Facebook Live is, can you talk about essential tremors? And if there is a cure or simply medication like, I'm not sure I can pronounce it, propapenol? yeah. Okay, to lessen the effects. (laughs) Is there something to electronic brain stimulation?
2: Yeah, so, um, so thank you for the question. So essential tremor is different than Parkinson. It's a type of tremor that usually gets worse when you intend to do things, like when you reach out for things. So it could become very disabling. Like when I reach out for this glass, you know, you mm-hmm. can shake. And so, so it turns out we do have medicines, but in a lot of folks, the medicines don't work very well, or it progresses over time. Mm-hmm. And we have a great treatment where we can listen to the cells in the brain, put in what's called a stimulator or modulate the circuits Mm -hmm. and kind of change that conversation to treat the tremor. So you can move past propranolol and primidone in some cases. Now, not everyone is a candidate for this, but it's certainly something you should ask your team about getting screened for if the medicines aren't doing the job.
0: What, What I'm hearing, and this just sounds so wonderful, what Kerry was telling me earlier when he read from the book, that there truly is hope. I, I think in the past maybe people would look at these things and, like the like you said, devastated. There truly are things that can be done and are being done.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
0: We're going to have to take a break. We've got an outstanding guest. Spread the word. If you've got friends who need this information, tell them to tune in. We've still got 15 minutes left with Dr. Michael Oken, uh, He is a professor of neurology at the University of Florida Medical School and has just done so many amazing things in this area. You are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldon Law. This is episode 36. Hard to believe. We've been cranking away for 36 weeks. We'll be right back after this.
3: When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Meldon Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we.
0: Welcome back to today's episode of Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with our primary office in Gainesville, where we've been for 50 years, also with an office in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County, South Florida area, and Marion County. Like Harry said, we just christened a brand new office in Ocala. It's at 1326 South Pine, directly across the street from the Big Advent Hospital. By all means, stop by, say hello. We got all sorts of stuff, including great uh, Meldon Law mugs. I also want to give a shout-out, Carrie, to all the folks. We had about 350 people show up for a night of pro wrestling this past Saturday <laughs> at the Boys and Girls Club. I know, some of those guys have TBI issues. <laughs> anyway, now this was a very uh, was a family-oriented event. We, uh, a lot of people came up and thanked Meldon Law for the wonderful things we're doing in the community. We gave away some bags, had a great time, fun was had by all. I want to remind everybody, too, very quickly that if you're watching us on Facebook Live and you have a question for either Dr. Oaken or our next guests who are outstanding in their own right, mm-hmm. by all means, please stay tuned for the whole episode and type your questions into Facebook Live. And speaking of our next guest, I'll go ahead and tell you who they are so you'll keep watching. You may remember about six months ago we had Dr. Lizzie Jenkins, the president of the Rosewood Foundation. She's back and uh, she's got a very good friend with her, Melody. Um, who is Melody Vaughn, who has done amazing things in New York and all down the East Coast. She's very involved with the Rosewood Project. So you'll be hearing from them in about 15 to 20 minutes. Let's get back to Dr. Oaken. We have, uh, actually, this is a, uh, a thank you on a Facebook. Thank you, Dr. Oaken, for all you do for Tyler's Hope. Appreciate you and your wonderful team. Will there be a cure for Parkinson's or dystonia anytime soon? Are we getting closer?
2: Yeah, so um, it's a great question. And you know, one of the things uh, over the years uh, that I've been involved with is as a medical director, medical advisor for the Parkinson's Foundation. And so we have 47 centers all over the world. And so we get to travel around and set up uh, models of care, talk to people about Parkinson. And one thing that I've learned over time, and I wrote a little bit about it in the book that you were listening to mm-hmm. is this idea that we have to teach people kind of what are the aspects of advances that they can expect. And so the way I teach it is I say there are three buckets. Bucket number one is a group of symptomatic therapies, things like we talked about, deep brain stimulation, better medicines, better medication targets, different diets, things that are gonna help. Bucket number two is can we slow the disease progression, okay? Mm -hmm. So if we can slow it down, okay, then we will be able to, you know, potentially, you know, something else will happen and people will be able to live out their normal life. Okay, so if it could slow it down by 10 years, that's a huge win. Mm -hmm. And then third is developing precision medicine therapies that could go after certain genes that uh, may be involved in Mm Parkinson or dystonia, and and also thinking about, um, you know, could there be a cure? That's where we're farthest away. Do I think we have, you know, the opportunity to get to that third bucket? I think definitely. I don't want to be too Pollyanna, okay, Mm -hmm. but I do want people to understand where we are. We're outstanding on the symptomatic therapies that can change your life now. Mm -hmm. We're working on therapies that can slow, and we're beginning to move like cancer has this precision medicine. You see it on TV with, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to get to specific receptors. You want to use the immune system in specific ways. We're moving in that direction, but we're not quite there. So, I
0: want to... Hold up the book, that the most recent book we're talking about, Living with Parkinson's Disease. This is a book authored by Dr. Oken and a couple of his colleagues. This is the most recent book as I understand it. How can people get a copy of this?
2: So you can go on to Amazon, or you can go to your bookstore, your local bookstore. Um, okay. Also, audio books. You know, for for several of the books, and then our other most recent one is Ending Parkinson's okay. Disease, which I was telling Kerry has a great uh, British voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, voice yes, a right? BBC oh, voice, right? Yes, yes. So
1: yes. you know, one of the the reasons that we know about Parkinson's, and uh, obviously uh, in your in your book, you mention uh, Lou Gehrig and how he w- uh, had. You know, played so many consecutive games, and Cal Ripken broke the record. But he did. Uh, he was a very active person and had to retire somewhat early because he suffered from a different neurological disease. But of course, the the major celebrities that we know that have been suffering with Parkinson's disease are Michael J. Fox and the uh, probably the greatest, uh, one of the greatest uh, boxers, if not the greatest boxers of all time, Muhammad Ali. Have you had a chance to have uh, any? Um, Learn or, or deal with uh, any of these, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, for example?
2: Well, um, so, you know, we, we uh, of course, at the Norman Fixell Institute, we get the chance to see people from all over the world. Um, you know, my wife and I have been friends with the Ali family for, for many years, wow. and, um, and so we, we've uh, known them very well. And in fact, when we opened our center here, one of the daughters was one of our, our keynotes here. But when I used to see Muhammad, this is in the public domain. But yeah. he was ex- ex- extremely um, just inspirational, but oh also goodness, yes. a very, a very funny and entertaining and and just brilliant yeah. person. But he used to say, when you tell him to do something for his Parkinson, he used to say. Ain't no joking, Dr. Oaken. You know? <laughs> so Ain't yeah. no joking, Dr. <laughs> Oaken. I love so, that. I like yeah, it. I well, love that. You know, I think one of the things that he taught us, you know, over time, and even the times, you know, that, that I interacted <clears throat> with him, is he taught us that you can overcome. You can overcome. And this guy was so good at overcoming. And my wife and I I used to live in Atlanta, and you remember the Mm -hmm. Olympics were in Atlanta. And, you know, you remember, you know, how he was Mm -hmm. shaking. And then when he came back to start. Right, when he brought the
0: uh, torch up. That's right, he was shaking.
2: So, you know, at some point in in the recent past, he was performing a magic trick and he was too busy you know, to take the torch when they wanted to hand it to him. He mm-hmm. said, "Say, give it to that guy. So I was holding the torch for him. Wow. So, so but, you're, uh, you're part amazing. of
0: Olympic history. Well, I don't <laughs> know about that. But, uh, but I will
2: tell you this, that one of the things that he teaches us about Parkinson and any other yes. neurologic disease is you can overcome. We all have issues in our lives. We have to learn to make every day our best day. Mm-hmm. And we have to use the tools and the people around us can help us. Our families, our communities, our churches, they can help us to lead better lives. He was really good at that and a really good ambassador for people. His message was just a message of positivity.
1: And and following up on that, one of the things I noticed from your book is that you are so interactive with your with your patients. I mean you give them your email, you give you know you really emphasize that it's not just that initial meeting with your primary care physician where you may just notice that there may be something odd going on. There has to be meaningful follow-up. And I thought that was incredible that you're, that you're so dedicated to your exactly. patients that it's not just, you know, oh, this is what you can yeah. do.
2: Yeah, and our philosophy is simple, okay? We built an entire institute around from a program mm-hmm. to a center to an institute. Same philosophy for 20 years. The person with the disease is the sun. We revolve, we orbit around that person everything else follows. Research, care, education, outreach. You put together the team. The most important person isn't the doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm the drug dealer, right? I'm the one that <laughs> could write the prescriptions, right? The right? most important person is not me. The most important person is the person with the disease. And then all of us around the person, and when you, when you have the honor of serving, you know, around a group like this, at least right. the, the group I've been around my career, and seeing these folks, you realize that, that it takes a team, it takes a village, and if you take advantage of the village and you create a good plan, and this is a good lesson for life, but certainly a lesson for Parkinson or dystonia, if you create a good plan, put people around you, and people are talking behind your back, and healthcare, that's the best thing you can hope for, <laughs> when a group of people are actually talking behind your back for your benefit, trying to bounce mm-hmm. ideas off, crowdsource solutions, and make sure you get the best possible care. Okay,
1: and in fact, one of the things that you do at, at the University of Florida through your, um, you know, and you're the chair of the of the neurological um, section, and um, it's the. Uh, I want to make sure I, I say this right. Um, the uh, is it the Fixel? I'll let you state it. I, yeah, I had it written down. Yeah, I, the Norman, Norman Fixel Institute, Institute for Neurological Diseases. The Norman Fixel Institute for Neurological yeah. Diseases, that you guys actually roundtable a lot of these cases, and explain to the, the audience what that and means. And also,
2: where yeah. can
0: people find out information? Maybe very quickly, what is, yeah. the, what is the website? So
2: you can go on to Google if you want to learn about us, or any web browser that you use, and just type in Fixel, F-I-X, like the word fix, E-L, or University of Florida, Movement Disorders, or Parkinson. You can find us. We're publicly available. I work for the state of Florida, by the way, just you know, as a as a, as <laughs> yeah. a disclosure. Um, but y- yes, I mean the highest level of care you can get in healthcare isn't consultative, and that's the problem with really? American health care, okay? The mm-hmm. problem with American healthcare is is, we're lucky to get a parking spot and see one person, like in a day, and nobody talks to each other. If you make it to the next level, it's called multidisciplinary, where you mm-hmm. actually maybe see a few different people, maybe not even on the same day, but they might actually send a letter or talk That's good. The highest level of care is either multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary. When the folks actually all work together they sit around a table, they talk about you behind your back, they talk about you to you, and they're trying to, to source together, crowdsource together that information so you get the best possible care. That is by far the best way to practice health care, and our system is not set Probably up to do that. Probably not a bad model that. for what we do, too. <laughs> for,
1: for anything. The military uh, uses yeah. that same model, and, and yeah. you know the, the Joint uh, Chief of Staff. and you know I, I know that Um, People out there uh, who have been dealing with, like you said, their family members that have been suffering from some neurological diseases often feel hopeless. Uh, Is there any resources, um, living with Parkinson's disease as well as, um, you know, some other uh, material that you would really urge people out there to, to yeah, take so, a look at?
2: So, uh, I mentioned I've been with the Parkinson Foundation as their medical advisor and director for, for many years now. Mm-hmm. And we have a service, um, it used to be a web based service called Ask the Doctor, but now we, we have something better than that. We actually have real people who pick up the phone. You remember that old fashioned phone? We used to have phones? <laughs> real <laughs> yes. people pick up yeah. the phone and they answer your questions. And we train the nurses, I meet with them. Every uh, month, and they're awesome, and, and we answer your questions, and it's 1-800, the number four, okay? PD info. Okay.
0: 1-800 four we, PD. Info. We have a question from Facebook Live. The question is, Dr. Oken, can you talk about collaboration with other universities like Duke and others?
2: Yeah. So, um, so there's uh, been great collaborative efforts. So, there, no one person is going to cure a disease. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you're thinking that put it out Park of Park your mind. ego at the door. Park your ego at the door, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that's been important is that we do work in teams. And so, for example, with Parkinson's disease, um, we're supported by Tyler's Hope for a Dystonia Cure. We have a grant called the Alignment Grant, and we have top-level researchers, Nicole Kalakos and her team at Duke. Mm-hmm. We have Bill Dower at Michigan. We have David Valancourt, Ching Ling at, uh, Lee at Florida, and they're all working together OK, so each one's providing a piece. So we get the drug, we get the animal, we get the imaging. We pull it all together. So just like you said, check that ego at the door. Yeah. We can get a lot more done.
0: I, I got something I want to throw in. It's, it, we work in the personal injury business, OK? Meldon Laws, one of our primary areas, if not a primary area, is personal injury cases, people injured in traumatic uh, car crashes and such. And we have clients who have suffered traumatic brain injury. Sometimes it's what's called, as you know, mild traumatic brain injury, and that's still a very serious thing. We've just got a couple of minutes, but maybe you can say a little bit about treatments for TBI, that it's not hopeless and it's not just a diagnosis. There are things that can be done. Yeah,
2: so um, a, a couple of years ago, one of the fixed cell diseases that we actually look at is TBI and concussion. You might say, well, why is a Parkinson guy and an Alzheimer's guy, why is he telling us about concussion? It's because we now understand that if you damage the brain, you set off what's called a cascade or a set of steps that sort of fall Mm -hmm. into place after you do that, and that puts you at risk to get other diseases. And we now know, and we didn't think this was true 20 years ago, and I'll tell you, like, there are a lot of things that I've learned. Mm -hmm. Every day I practice medicine. I'm humbled. I know less every day, okay? Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, if you asked me, I would have said, ah, I'm not sure. Now I will tell you, study after study has shown that if you hit your head and you get a concussion, it can be related to the later onset of degenerative diseases. Mm -hmm. And it sets off these cascades or these steps, these things happening in the brain that set you up for these issues. And so it's important that we pay attention to those things. And and it's not not just something we should blow off.
1: So something like Muhammad Ali may have been trauma-related that could have, we don't know, but it could have caused um, a, a greater likelihood that Parkinson's disease yeah, or it.
2: worsened what was there. And, and I can tell you from the Ali thing, um, after, after Muhammad died, we gave a series of, of interviews to a number of, of networks, MSNBC and, and uh, Yahoo Sports. And it, it was just an all-day affair when we were honoring him. But he got it early in his life, okay, mm-hmm. very early in his life. And it's likely, when you see it that early, that it's more of a genetic form mm-hmm. of Parkinson. Um, than it is uh, a, a non-genetic, just the environment, and people don't fully appreciate that because they think, "Well, oh, Muhammad Ali you just hit his head, right, and he right. got Parkinson's right. disease." And yeah. if you talk to Lonnie, you know, and to the family, they say, "Well, you, you, we need to make sure that people understand the record." But the important piece here is is that a lot of times it takes more than one thing to cause a disease, so it can be both the head trauma, and it can okay. be the environment, well, Okay, so the environment plus the genetics, and they say the gene loads the gun, the yeah. environment pulls the trigger. We could
0: wow. spend all day on this, yeah. and this has been a terrific segment, I, I think. Those of you who have had the good fortune of seeing it live, you can watch it again because all our shows are archived on our Facebook page and also on YouTube Live. Dr. Oaken, thank you so much. Remember everybody, check out his book, Living with Parkinson's Disease. Take a look at the website, and uh, we'll have we'll keep that up so people can see it. And thank you again. Thank uh, you. forward to having you back. Thank, thank you. It's you all been an for honor. It's thank
2: been you. our honor. We'll be right our
0: back with you. some outstanding guests, Dr. Lizzie Jenkins and Melody Vaughn, talking about Rosewood. We'll be right back. Yeah.
3: <laughs> when you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them.
0: I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. And
3: I was in an accident, someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Melvin because you're going to need help, and they will help you. The Melvin Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life. Being a client at Melden Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcomed by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together, which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we.
0: Hello and welcome back to Melden Law & Friends. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. Hard to believe. We are literally halfway through this year. And this is episode 36, so for those of you who've been watching throughout the entire run of Meldon Law & Friends, please know how much we appreciate it. And if you had been watching those early episodes, you saw this wonderful lady to my left, Dr. Lizzie Jenkins. She was one of our first guests, I think, on the second or third show. I can't remember. but it was very early on. So, Lizzie, we are so pleased to have you back. Uh, Lizzie is, of course, the president and founder of the Real Rosewood Foundation. And uh, to her left, we're very honored to have Melody Vaughn, who is involved with the Rosewood Project and has done so many things on her own. And welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. you. It's an honor, definitely. Um, why don't we, just to start off, for the benefit of those who may not know much about the Rosewood Massacre, why it is so important to history, state of Florida and elsewhere, but particularly where we are here in north central Florida. Lizzie, why don't you say a little bit about that?
4: Uh I tell people that I am history. I am black history. I grew up in a historical home. My mother was my historian. And the reason I am so involved with the Real Rosewood Foundation, and I decided to name it the Real Rosewood Foundation because my information is real. I have researched for 30 years, and I make sure I tell the truth, the whole truth. I do not attack anyone who may have lived in 1923 because Mom said, well, they're not responsible for what happened then. So I tell my story from my research, and I tell it as accurately as I can. And I have done this, as I said, for 30 years. I enjoy doing it and I feel like history is important.
0: Let's start with where exactly is Rosewood in comparison to where we are right now?
4: Rosewood is approximately 45 miles from Gainesville on State Road 224, nine miles west is it west of Gainesville?
0: That would be west of Gainesville.
4: West of Gainesville and Mm -hmm. not nine miles, 44 miles west of Gainesville and nine miles east of Cedar Key. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: And uh, as you know, Cedar Key is a peninsula and back during that time, it was one way in. It still is and one way out. So I just want to say that the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Bob Walker, played a phenomenal role (coughs) in helping my aunt, who was a Rosewood school teacher, and the other survivors to safety. Because had he not dedicated his time at that time to helping people, uh, they would not have survived.
0: So for those who may not know the massacre, maybe just a couple of words about what happened.
4: Okay, um, a privileged woman, a privileged white woman was having an affair with her white lover and she was basically tired, or she wanted to call the relationship off. And the young man that she was dating was not ready, okay? So a fight ensued, and she ended up bruised. And as a result of, uh, of uh, the fight or the altercation, of course, she cried and lied on my uncle. A black man did it. And you know, that was and still is today. The magic word, Mm -hmm. when, uh, and and this is not for all white women, but when women get caught, it's so easy to say a black man. I was attacked, uh, assaulted, the term she used, by black man, and as a result of that, uh, the mob, who was in Gainesville on December, not the mob, the KKK, uh, held a not a tournament, a rally. Downtown Gainesville, December 31st, 1922, and they were still in town. So as a result of what happened in Sumner, her husband, James Taylor, decided to telegraph the law in Gainesville,
3: Mm.
4: okay, and invited... the KKK to Sumner to participate, and as as the newspaper said back then in 1923, approximately five three to five hundred, and there have been other numbers that came to Sumner and participated in the Rosewood riot. And,
0: and what happened after that?
4: What happened after the riot?
0: Well, what they 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 burned the town down. They
4: basically. burned yeah. the town down. They burned mm-hmm. the town down, and. Uh, as a result of that, it is my passion to make sure we do not forget what happened. So, as I speak, we are in the process of purchasing the John Wright house because uh, we would like to relocate that house to Archer Keep History Alive. <laughs> and we need your help. Mm-hmm. And if you want to donate, go to...
0: We urge you to do it.
4: RosewoodFlorida.com and, and become a part of... Rosewood history—it's our history.
0: Mm-hmm. And and to the credit of many politicians from across the aisle, this wasn't a Republican Democrat thing. It was everybody. Back in the mid '90s, there was a thing where the Florida legislature approved a substantial amount of reparations mm-hmm. to the families of Rosewood survivors. A major motion picture was made. Yes. Uh, John Singleton, the famous African American director producer, made this movie. It was shot. Uh, on location and involved a lot of locals. I, my old law firm was actually involved with it a little bit. Um, it was quite an event.
4: It was quite an event, yeah. holiday night. And when you say uh, politicians, and I want people to understand when I talk about politicians, I don't, I, 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 it doesn't matter if you are a Republican or a Democrat, mm-hmm. uh, Democratic uh, what's his name, the governor.
0: Jeb Bush. No, nope,
4: before
1: Governor uh, back then? Lawton Childs. Lawton oh, Childs, Childs yeah.
0: yes.
2: Signed
4: the, the bill, 591 uh, Rosewood bill. Mm-hmm. However, gov- 10 years to the date I brought uh, Governor Jeb Bush to Rosewood and he dedicated mm-hmm. the historical marker and when I say I brought, I initiated it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Politician, uh, Senator Nelson. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Bill,
1: Bill Nelson. Nelson. Bill Nelson. Yep.
4: And uh, that's age. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you're
1: doing pretty good.
4: I
0: don't think exactly. she's a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> trust me. Yeah.
4: And Congressman Ted Yoho. And when I speak of uh, Congressman Ted Yoho, don't look at me and say he's a Republican. It has <laughs> nothing to do with the party affiliation, mm-hmm. it's about history. Yeah. Okay, and he has been, the, he was the first one, May 25th, 2018, he went on C-SPAN, mm-hmm. he talked about Rosewood yep. and mm-hmm. Lizzie Jenkins for four minutes. Wow. wow. Since that time, he has gotten me involved with the Library of Congress. He brought Absolutely. in Steve Hanley. I know you know Steve mm-hmm. Hanley? Mm-hmm. Hanlon, Han- Hanlon. Attorney Steve with Hanlon. uh Hanlon. With... Is-
0: with Holland and Knight, yeah. Knight. Right. Yeah.
4: and we had a meeting and recently the most recent thing he has advocated is to make Rosewood, a historical landmark. Yeah, and we fantastic. are working to make it happen.
1: And is that where Melody is coming yes, in as well? Great. I know. Oh. That's oh. a that's that's good basketball. segue, <laughs> yes. This is as incredible, a, right? I'm so, chilled, yeah. i
5: swear, I swear, I swear. I'm honored
0: to be here on so many levels. Well, um, tell us how you work into all this.
5: Oh, so I am a Harlem girl. However, I grew up here in Gainesville. View holds four o'clock the whole night. And my father was a landscaper here. Um, Brief backstory: My father was actually one of the first African American uh, landscaper to do that UF sign in the middle of the lawn. Oh, that wow. was one of his uh, claims of fame. And even in him having a business, he would have to hire white boys from University of Florida mm-hmm. to to read the blueprints and do the horticulture. Because many persons, and this was a little over fifty years ago, mm-hmm. would recognize the business but say, "Oh, it's more um, who Who's the owner?" And my dad would be like, oh, the guy over there. So he was able to sustain a family during that. I was a mere little kid running around and walking to these beautiful homes, minority my um, whites, rich, prominent persons. And I never saw a person of color, but I loved interior design. Mm-hmm. So fast forward career-wise, when I became an interior designer, I knew the power of a beautiful home. I know what it does, because I saw what my dad did to lawns here in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. So in Atlanta, I started had a business as an interior designer, kitchen design was my foundation, moved to, to New York, did tons of homes in the Hamptons, all throughout uh, Harlem, throughout downtown Chelsea and so forth. But COVID taught me how much I can do virtually. And coming back and visiting my mom's home, the home my father built, mm-hmm. I saw it needed repair. So in doing that virtually, I was like, wait a minute, how many other persons need the same care in their home that they may not have the means or they may not have the time? Because as a designer, the creativity, oh, I do it, my eye's closed, but it's the logistical part. Mm-hmm. It's managing the contractor, managing Absolutely. the shipment. It's, you know, what do you do if it's delayed and how does it fit? Measure, measure, measure. Uh-huh. Like... You can have the beautiful sofa, but if it doesn't fit in the doorway, yes, yeah, not going to work. Measure twice, cut
1: once. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well yeah.
5: So I said, my my passion was to heal. I always say I'm a spiritual healer dressed up as an interior designer. My yeah. dad said I was going to be a lawyer because I'm forever defending and uh, So in this, I said, what can I do? And I, who needs it most And Rosewood? I I knew the story, mm-hmm. as a child, and then living in Atlanta, I knew the story. Um, but I, it, it baffled me that it was never talked about or it was never acknowledged. And yes, the descendants moved back to Gainesville and back to Jacksonville, but growing up, those descendants of Rosewood, the mindset was, shh, don't say anything. Don't let them know we're here because they were so afraid of losing, and I'm getting emotional thinking about it, what they had because of what they had gone through. And I c- wanted to give back and create a organization, which I call Healing Homes by Design, Mm -hmm. and I'm giving to the descendants of Rosewood an opportunity to beautify their home, to Healing Uh, Homes by Design.
1: Can you, um, and how would people get in touch with you? uh, My
5: website is Melody Vaughn Interiors, um, or email me at info at Melody Vaughn. I'm actually doing an event July 24th um, called art wine and design, and I have artists and designers and wine. But the proceeds from that event will go for my first project, which is to um, renovate, design, and I have a uh, a Rosewood descendant <laughs> that I will be doing this with. Um, so I'm, and I'm honored to be here. I'm so blessed, and it's I'm living bi-coastal at this point. I'm. In New York and traveling to Chicago, so a lot of my wow. clients aren't aware that I'm in Florida. But um, yeah, it's well, we're very it's a passionate, for you. It's a passionate.
1: How, how did now. you and Dr. Jenkins first meet?
5: Uh, shout out to Peggy Hammerham, mm-hmm. um, one of the former mayors, who was like, "You got to talk to Lizzie," as well as some other heavy hitters here in the city. I went on a mission to find out how I can get in touch, and I stalked her for a while, but
0: now we're joined at the hip. Well, one thing I want to talk about when we come back after the break is the book that you wrote, Lizzie. We talked a little bit about that uh, the last time you were here, so we want to talk about your book and let people know how they can get a hold of it. One question that was asked very quickly was, how accurate was the Rosewood movie? Was it relatively well, accurate? Or
4: Yes, yes. My mother was uh, 20 in 1923, still home with her parents, her sister's uh, parents also, and single. And we took her. Well, we didn't take her, but anyway, they brought the movie here, uh, so that the family members could see. And we took her to the movie. We did take her to uh, the movie. They did a free screening for the. Um, survivors and descendants. Mm-hmm. So when the movie ended, uh, an audience, the same question came to my mom and she said, well, I tell you what, they asked her on a scale of 1 to 10, how did she rate it? She gave it a 7. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. That's a fair assessment. Again, you're watching Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldin Law. It's a firm, our firm, that specializes in personal injury cases, meaning truck accidents, car crashes. Pedestrians, scooter riders, bicyclists, any situation where someone is injured due to the negligence of another, please give us a call anytime, toll free, 1 800 373 8000. On behalf of Carrie Meldon and myself, we will be right back for our fourth and final segment. I am Black History.
4: I am Rosewood Black History. I I am Florida and America's Black Black History. History And And you you are too. January 1st,
5: 1923. The KKK insurrectionists attacked Rosewood, killing five, burning
2: it down.
4: Because a white woman lied and cried, a black man assaulted me. Rosewood redevelopment is on its way.
1: Want to help? Visit rosewoodflorida.com.
3: The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather... We all stick together, which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. For those of you watching live on Facebook Live, we thank you so much. And if you have any questions for our guests, which include Dr. Lizzie Jenkins, president of the Real Rosewood Foundation, Melody Vaughn, uh, just a person who's done so many wonderful things, who's now involved with the Rosewood Foundation project, by all means, type them in the uh, comments section on the Meldon Law Facebook Live page. And we'll do our best to get them answered. You know, Kerry, one thing I, w- I want to address, I neglected to mention. People are probably wondering, where's Jeffrey? And Jeffrey is on a very well-deserved vacation, although, like you and I talked about, I don't think Jeffrey ever really goes on vacation. But uh, he and he and his beautiful bride, Patricia, are in Colorado.
1: He, he is in Colorado, and my sister and her family is going to be oh, joining fantastic. them on uh, Wednesday. So uh, the whole family will be there I'll be uh, here, and Gaines will hold down the fort as well as the other offices. Doing but... a darn good job of it at right. time. Well, thank you, Chris. We're doing the best we can, <laughs> but now we have uh, great technology, so we can.
0: Um, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have a Zoom call with them. We can have Bob Zoom calls afternoon. with them. <laughs> Just like you were
1: saying, you can do things uh, from mm-hmm. all over. So well, you never really get away. Exactly. You're yeah. always. Working. One
0: other thing I, I want to bring up, too, is while we've been talking for several months now about the fact that uh, Meldon law, law is the official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, we are also the official law firm partner of the Gainesville-Alachua County community. And it is with that thought in mind that we have wonderful guests such as those to our left, and uh, frankly, Dr. Oaken for that matter, with the wonderful work he's doing on dystonia, Parkinson's, and so many other things. So let's get back to it. I know you've got a book there in front yeah, of you. Yeah.
1: I, I Look, this is a, an incredible book. Uh, it's called uh, Alachua County, Florida, Black American Series. And I don't know if we can see it from here, but it was written by uh, Dr. Jenkins. And uh, it talks about... Um, you know, well, let me ask you, uh, Dr. Jenkins. Tell me a little bit about your book. What, what, well, what are you going to find in here?
4: You're going to find Black history in Alachua County. I was uh, contacted back in 2003 by Arcadia Publishing Company because they wanted someone to do to research and do uh, uh, put together Black history, and I have so much Black history. And when I tell you so much. I have a lot of like history. My mom was a historian as I said. And growing up, I saw all of this what I thought to be junk. Mm-hmm. And I told her one day, I'm going to put that in the trash. And these are the words she said, and I'm going to whip your ass if you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She was serious. So this is part of my non whipping. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I when I did this book, I pulled basically the information from her collection. Okay. And everything that, uh, if, if a picture does not describe it, then, or history, mm-hmm. okay, and I have been collecting history, I fell in love with history, mm-hmm. and I, I, I am glad that I am working on my next book for Rosewood, which is going to hopefully be rated by this, uh, the, the fall of this year. Well, that's In, a scoop.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is a We've scoop. We've got a new book coming, coming out. We have a
4: new How book coming out. This, this okay. from How can uh,
1: people find your book if they want to get a Amazon, copy of it?
4: Amazon, uh, eBay, or the public libraries here, mm-hmm. or um, Arcadia.
1: We need to get it public. on Audible because I, I drive a lot. I want to listen to the book uh, before right. we have you on next time okay. uh, because uh, I love history myself. I was a mm-hmm. history major. Oh, and okay. uh, for me... Uh, the, the history uh, is important not only because it, it preserves memories and what's makes it's what makes us human, yeah. exactly. but it's all, it also allows us to predict what right. may happen in the future and hopefully so prevent avoid those injustices. Exactly. 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 Yeah.
0: exactly. So yeah. we have a question. How do we go about being a sponsor wow. for the Real Rosewood Foundation? Beautiful. And are you in need of donations? Well, I think we can say yes, yes. to number two. <laughs> so let's go back to number one. How does someone donate and become a sponsor?
4: Uh, as I said before, go to my Rosewood website. It's rosewoodflorida.com. And once you open it up, the first word on that website is donate. donate. Love it.
0: Rosewoodflorida.com. Dot com. There you go. Spell Florida. All right, that's pretty straightforward. So, every one of you, check out that website and uh, click that donate button. I can't think of an organization that's, that's more deserving. Let's get Thank back you. to talk. Tell us about this book that you're starting, the new book.
4: It's it's a book that starts from before before Rosewood, during Rosewood, and after Rosewood. Wow!
0: See, my understanding is Rosewood was a prosperous community. It was it was doing very well. You know, African American families and businesses were prospering. Perhaps the proximity you mentioned to uh, you know Crystal River. Mm -hmm. Um, Explain a little bit about that, about what the community was like before the massacre
4: the community was like before the massacre. During my research, uh, it was a a town where, believe it or not, everybody worked and everybody got along black and white. So the cohesion was there. Later before 1923 In fact, I think it was 1879 in Sumner, which is approximately three miles from Rosewood, Mm -hmm. Sumner built a sawmill, and many of the Rosewood people transferred or migrated to work at that sawmill, which was the newest uh, workplace in the area. And the reason I'm hesitating about... (laughs) The prosperity of Rosewood, there were, the uh, e- the economy consisted of timber, turpentine, hunting, uh, the pencil mill,
3: uh, what else was
4: there? and truck farming, and other things. That's quite a bit. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, quite that's quite a bit. Prosperous. And they were prosperous because they weren't. And they wanted, like you said, they wanted houses, yeah. okay? And they wanted to do well. So they teamed together. They yeah. worked together. And, and when I said it was just a, uh, I mean, I know there probably was a hope. I wouldn't like to think there was racism. However, if it was, they knew how to respect yeah, each yeah. other, which is most important, respecting and working together. Yeah. If you need uh, to borrow mine, you you did. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. and, and they got along. Mm-hmm. And the so fact that they
5: lost, everyone lost their home.
4: Everyone lost and their everyone home. And everyone had Terrible. to come back and
5: rebuild their home. That's where I fell in love with, I, you know, what are the descendants doing now? What are they doing with their homes and how are they living? Mm-hmm. And the ones that need help to make their homes beautiful. And that's where mm-hmm. I said, I, that's where I want to start. only homes by design. As an interior designer and seeing all this beauty, I want to give back and
4: mm-hmm. yeah. And she was glad that, uh, you were glad to, she reached out to me, she yeah. said for approximately a year, when did I see a couple of, huh, I think I saw your 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 email or your phone number a couple of three weeks ago, and I called it. And the minute I called, uh, I didn't have to tell her who I was, she I said, knew oh, it my all. God. <laughs>
1: That's incredible. <laughs> she yeah. said, oh, my
4: God, you are the person that I need to, inven- Okay. So the rest is
1: history. And, and it's one of the things that has been in the news recently was the the Tulsa uh, massacre, which um, obviously which obviously is um, a, a huge um, you know is. scar on our nation's history. Mm-hmm. And this you know this is something that happened ab- about that time with uh, prosperous uh, minorities who were mm-hmm. you know able to you know cohabitate, be successful, right. yeah. be respectful, and then all of a sudden uh, there was uh, you know whispers. Yes. Of, of nothing that yes. caused uh, you know all this pent up anger to yeah. over explode and so it must be I mean when you're following what what's going on with the news you've you've lived this lived this your entire life you've known yes, I have. you know
4: since uh, for seven, seven years however Tulsa Rosewood was not a Tulsa Tulsa really big manufacturing companies. I was fortunate enough in fact I flew out to New York crazy and met with the son of one of the attorneys that had a law office in Tulsa that was destroyed. However, his father built a tent and worked under the tent after in order to serve his, his, his customers. I have a letter, his clients, I have a letter in my book that the guy I'm talking about that I met mm-hmm. wrote to me. He was a professor, a historian at Duke University. Mm-hmm. And His name was Dr. John Ho- uh, Hope Franklin. Mm-hmm. So I have been involved with he and his son as we speak. His son, John Franklin III, is a director at the new museum in mm. Washington, D.C. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So more or less, I am keeping... That's a great entitled. museum. I love it. Sure. It yeah. is. His Amazing. son yeah. works there. Yeah. And when I was uh, went on a, a conference one day, I met a young lady. I was at a sorority meeting, and we were talking about history, and she said, well, you know, I am a descendant of Tulsa. I said, really? Mm-hmm. I'm a descendant of Rosewood. This has been 34 years oh, ago, huh? and we're still All in right. touch. So the book yeah. is going to be different.
1: I, I can't wait. I, you know, I can't wait for it to be published. I think it needs to be published. I'm Please stay it, in close
0: touch with us, yeah. as I know I you I do will. already. Yes, and I will. Uh, any anything we can do as a law firm to help promote it and get the word out, trust me, we will do that. So well, I know that we'll be happy to. This has okay. been, I, I think, Carrie, start to finish, one of the best shows we, we've done in our 36 episodes. So for those of you who were fortunate enough to watch it, congratulations for having done so. Spread the word. We want you to talk about Mel friends. Yes. Spread the word on your Facebook page. Tell people about it. Every episode we have is archived. You can take a look at them on our YouTube page or just fo- follow the links on our Facebook Live page. Also, take a look at our website, www.meldenlaw.com. Uh, coming up later in the summer and certainly in the fall, we'll be doing a lot more ticket giveaways. Uh, Carrie and I have talked about it on the radio show. Jeffrey and I have talked about it. So by all means, uh, stay in touch with our website. You know, again, both of you, we, we could uh, probably have gone on a couple of hours just like we could have with Dr. Oken. Anything you'd like to say in closing, Melody, you know, about uh, what you're doing and uh, Anything. The okay. yours.
5: Well, again, thank you. Thank you both, and so blessed. Um, again, it's Melody Vaughn Interiors and the event, Art, Wine, and Design, July 24th. You can check out my website, uh, Melody Vaughn Interiors. Shoot me an email. You can even DM me on all the social media platforms. And I believe uh, everyone deserves to live in a beautiful home, a beautiful space. And I'm on a mission to change the landscape of lives through design. And
0: that's Melody oh, V-A-U-G-H-M. Okay. Melody Vaughn and, well, and the spaces
1: are beautiful. I went to the website prior to the podcast, and oh, I you. thought that it, they're very, very. Um, I mean, it's elegant. It's it's. Uh, more than than what we usually see in Gainesville, but we can yeah. bring New York style <laughs> down to Gainesville. You know, listen,
0: I'm <laughs> bring it again, on. Thank you to my dear friend Dr. Lizzie Jenkins. It's always an honor to have you with us, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you again.
4: And thanks for the honorary doctorate.
0: Okay, well, that's didn't you tell us you were a doctor?
4: Today, I am a doctor. There you're doctor. All right. Well,
0: you're doctor to me. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. That's all the time we have today for Melden Law and Friends. Uh, check us out next week. Soon, we're going to be broadcasting from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. So, all be right. looking forward to that. On that behalf be of awesome. Carrie Meldon, yeah. myself, Chris Qualman, Jeffrey Meldon. Hey, Jeffrey. We're doing okay. If you're watching us from uh, Colorado, yeah. everybody back at the office, yeah. we love all of you. We'll see you next week.